thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, where we present anatomy through a biblical lens. We always start with prayer requests. If you have them, please reach out at our email, prayer at erratphysiology.com. Today, by the end of this podcast, you will better grasp the importance of training of the body. I'll take you through a story, a set of stories over time on how I've viewed training over my life and how that was wrong and how I currently look at training and hope you look at training as well. Within that, I'll share some experiences on what types of training have worked well for me, what I've learned over the years, and hopefully there are some things that you can apply to that. If you'd like any additional information, I've just announced an email that you could reach us at. Another one is hello at erratphysiology.com. But you can join our community. In our community, we support each other by following God's path. We're essentially wise counsel for each other. And each of us has a very unique purpose in that. But sort of globally throughout the community, that's what we're aiming to do is serve as wise counsel for each other. If you reach out to me specifically, you're going to get someone that's passionate about the Bible and passionate about human anatomy. So naturally, I'm fit to help you with homeostasis, as I announced last week. Help you understand hormone levels and how hormone levels can fluctuate how the neurological system plays in with that, and more narrowly to my expertise, the musculoskeletal system and training as we'll talk about today. As a reminder for our purpose, we bring together Christians who strive to follow the light of God over the darkness of this world, to renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship, so we can enhance our performance, serve our households, and follow God's calling for our lives. Now, something that's become very apparent to me over the last few days is how broad that statement is. And I think that there's going to be some refinement to that, but it's intentionally broad as for reasons that I've just stated. Our community is a number of individuals, and we are all different. And we are all adequate at serving each other in very unique ways. And so this serves as a good mission statement or purpose statement for our community, sort of all of us together. And again, as I've mentioned, if you reach out to me specifically, I'm going to be able to help and support in ways that are uniquely different than my wife will or some of my really good friends that are in the community. If you're interested in our community, you can go to community.erratphysiology.com and see the plans that we have available and uh, what we have to offer. On that landing page, you'll see our mission statement. You'll also see our creed, which is a seven-part creed, number one, obey with prayer. Number two, commit to scripture. Number three, seek wise counsel. Number four, work the soil. Number five, plant the seed. Number six, have faith that God will provide. And number seven, rest. I believe that those seven steps are critical to the Christian life. I'm not going to stamp them and say that they are the end-all be-all. It's just a way that makes sense in my mind and a way that helps keep me on track with what I need to do on a daily basis. Today we're going to talk about Romans 12, 1 through 2. A few weeks back we talked about Romans 12, 3 through 8. Uh, so it's kind of cool that we're able to kind of connect those and come back together. Our lens today, of course, is going to be training the body. And that takes me right into our story that we have for today. The story that I have for you is a bodybuilding journey, mainly bodybuilding, from ages 18 till now, 
for me. And I want to focus on how uniquely different different stages of my life were and what my mindset focus was and what my physical adaptations were. As I've mentioned before, I was about 115 pounds when I graduated high school. I'm now about 220, 230 pounds. At my heaviest, I was almost 240. And so I've literally doubled the individual over time, mostly from a good muscular adaptation, but in some ways, uh, not completely muscle as well, which is part of the aging process and development, right? Anyways, let's start with age 18 through 20, about a two to three year period where I started training. As you can imagine, being 115 pounds in graduating high school, it's one of the skinniest guys and confidence was pretty low. And at that time, due to other things occurring in my life, which, which I have announced in previous episodes, my focus was affirmation and my population that I was focused on for affirmation was the opposite sex. And so my primary motivator was how can I use bodybuilding to make me feel better through those different avenues? No, no need to dwell on how wrong that was. It's pretty obvious that that was the wrong focus. Now, I'm happy to talk with you today with a completely different mindset, but this is part of my story. What did I do to start? Well, three reps of 10, right? Everybody knows three reps of 10. If you know nothing about strength training or bodybuilding, you've probably heard about three reps of 10. Not that that's a specific program, but it's a very um, logical starting point for a lot of people. So that's what I did. I started doing exercises, most of them completely incorrect, at three reps of 10. Dr. Jim Stepani says something to the effect of everything works, but nothing works forever. And this is so true for my story. Three reps of 10 with improper form, and I gained 30 pounds. How did that occur? Well, everything works. Now, into the program, into the six-month mark, the year mark, the 18-month mark, so on and so forth, I started to plateau more and more because I was adapting to what I was doing. Now, luckily, my form was so bad that as I improved my form over time, it almost served as a new stimulus. So for about two to three years, I was able to do basically the same style program and to see results in a bunch of different categories. Knowing what I know now, your 10 rep mark is right in the middle of that hypertrophy zone. Hypertrophy being muscle growth. It's, the rep range is usually 8 to 12 for most people. Now, I won't get into the details on each muscle because you have slow twitch fibers and fast twitch fibers, and they respond to repetitions differently. But for a beginner, if you're looking for muscle growth, 8 to 12 reps is pretty much where you want to be. I didn't realize that at this time. And essentially, I did the same program over and over and over again, but my body interpreted it as a different program each time because I was changing my form and, and learning more as I was going. It was clearly the easiest two to three years of strength training of my entire life. Things just came easy. I started packing on weight, started putting on muscle, and things were fantastic. Well, about age 20, 21, I hit my first plateau. I was probably about 140 to 150 pounds at this point in time, and I could not figure out why what I was doing uh, wasn't working anymore, which speaks to that quote, everything works, nothing works forever. I was quite literally doing 
an awful program. Um, definitely not ranked in the top as far as best programs ever. But it was something, and it was working. Now I was accustomed to it, so I had to develop a better program. And I see this a lot with individuals, whether they be clients of mine or they be friends that are asking about uh, a program that I could design for them or something like, what's the best program out there? And I certainly have programs that I would recommend and I'm willing to write programs. In fact, I have. If you go to programs.airratphysiology.com, you will see a number of programs that I've built and have available. But nevertheless, that's not the point for right now. The point is those who ask for the best program ever or what would you recommend are missing the point to a large degree. And there's an analogy with business that I'm learning here as well. Both in business and in exercise, just do it. Just do something. Something is better than nothing. Action is the most important thing. Beyond that action, it's consistency. And so in strength training and in business, do what you're doing consistently. We record a podcast every Wednesday to be consistent. Before that, we recorded every three days to be consistent. That was the big secret sauce to how I packed on 30, 40 pounds of muscle, was taking action, regardless of how good or bad the program was, and being consistent with it. Now at the time, being 18, 19, 20, early 20s, I was able to get away with some silly stuff like training six, seven times a day, even at one point closer to my mid-20s, training twice a day for like six, seven days a week. That was ridiculous. Um, But the more important thing was that I was taking action. Now, as we'll see progressing into my late 20s and early 30s, I become much more strategic with things, but my knowledge was also coinciding by being in university at that time, and I was understanding much more. So again, when I started out, about three reps to 10. Age 21 to 28, my focus was more along the range of 12 reps. I was reading more bodybuilding books. I was getting information. I was copying programs that really successful bodybuilders did, um, especially bodybuilders back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, people like uh, Frank Zane, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, those sorts of guys. I was trying to emulate exactly what they were doing. I was really becoming hyper-focused on training form, and it was obvious if you trained with me that uh, my form was was good. That's what I was really nitpicky on, and that continued to fuel my adaptation. I also started increasing my caloric content. That helped as well. This period of about 21 to 28 was probably the first period where I really started focusing on nutrition. Now, I was in an age where I could get away with not focusing on nutrition, but the little bit of focus that I put in certainly helped. Now, again, that 12 repetition range, that's sort of at the top end of the hypertrophy zone. We're starting to get into endurance. With what I know now, 12, more like 15 plus reps is really your endurance area. So if you are an aerobic athlete and you're looking to supplement with weight training, that's a good repetition mark to be. This was also the first period of time where I started sort of undulating, going up and down in terms of my repetition range to confuse the muscle. That was a big thing that I heard from bodybuilders. You want to confuse the muscle. So that was what I was working to do. During this time, I got up to probably 180 to 200 pounds. I think 185 was the mark I was at for quite a while. Uh, My next jump up was to about 205. And this happened right around the age of 28 or so. 
in sort of this next phase where I was working lower in repetitions, going down to the eight rep mark. And while I was at the university age 27, 28 to 32, 33, that five to six year span there, I really started focusing at the bottom of the hypertrophy zone. Now, this is kind of where my mentality from a vanity perspective was sort of being abolished in my brain. But there were unique struggles during this period of time. I no longer was seeking the approval of the opposite gender and trying to look a certain way. But I also couldn't get it through my thick skull that being big in terms of muscle-wise wasn't the most important thing in the world. So this area, this time frame was really marked at about eight repetitions because I knew logically from the science that I was learning that this was sort of the bottom end of the hypertrophy zone. And I didn't want to leave the hypertrophy zone because I couldn't, I couldn't fathom possibly not gaining muscle. I was frankly scared of it from an extremely vain perspective, but in this way, vain from my own perception of myself and my own self-confidence versus what the opposite gender was thinking. Now, thankfully, as I matured and I aged, my daughter came when I was 31 years old, 32. I started to focus more on five repetitions. There's a bunch of really good five by five programs and similar programs out there uh, that focus on strength. And this was a big light bulb moment for me because it was a period where I went away from vanity to what I was able to perform. And so I became more obsessed really with the number output on the bench press or the squat or the deadlift or whatever. And so I shifted into sort of this powerlifting world where I was more interested in performance than I was my own physique or how I looked. At the same time, I was becoming more biblical and I wasn't yet applying the principles that I apply today and making the connections that I do today, but I was looking at weight training from a much healthier perspective. So I was at five repetitions and even today I jump around between repetitions, but my happy place is right around five repetitions. Last week, I mentioned that my title was Homeostatic Performance Manipulator or Manipulation. It's kind of a fun way of putting it all together and using some fancy words. But as I mentioned earlier, my passions are the Bible and anatomy. And I see things very holistically. So I can make connections between the neurological system and the endocrine system. The endocrine system and the cardiovascular system. The cardiovascular system and the musculoskeletal system. Certainly teaching anatomy and physiology the last six years has helped with that. But as I mentioned to students that I work with, my one area of expertise, if I had to call myself an expert in anything, which I'm not inclined to do, I don't believe that really any of us are truly experts in any one area. Uh, We're learning constantly. And that's what has fueled me is a continual learning habit that I've put forth in my life. But if I had to pick one area, it would be the muscles. It would be exercise physiology. That's kind of my bread and butter. But rather than trying to be the best exercise physiologist in the world or even the best strength and conditioning coach in the world, I see things more holistically than many of those coaches do. So I make connections with the neurological system, the cardiovascular system, the endocrine system, etc. Respiratory system, renal system, you, you name it. And I really enjoy how I can help people 
taking my experiences of all these different repetitions and my experience with having sleep apnea and that decreasing my testosterone levels and how that affected training and all these unique life experiences as I continue to sort of niche down at what I'm focusing on and how I can truly help people. You know, my wife and I were just talking probably two hours ago about the business and what we want to see the business evolve into. And we're realizing how broad things are and how narrowly focused we need to be on how we as individuals help other members of the community. So we're still working on that and we'll have more information to come as we continue to evolve. But for now, my passions are anatomy and the Bible, and it's definitely going to be something within that. Appreciate your patience as this business and we grow step by step. Five episodes ago is different than today. Ten episodes ago is different than five episodes ago. They're starting to become a big difference between episode one and today. Um, that's fine. My OCD wants me to cancel all my uh, podcasts and start over, but nothing's ever going to be perfect. It's always going to evolve. We appreciate your community forgiveness. And we appreciate you growing with us and watching us develop. So this will be fun to one day go back and look at uh, perhaps years down the road and listen to these podcasts and see how 2023 sort of unfolded week by week. Really excited for that. Well, as we always do, let's talk about the Bible. We know that that's the most important part of the show. It always is. Hopefully there's some things that I can teach throughout this podcast But if nothing else, it'd be nice if you opened the Bible and checked out the biblical verse that we have. That's really the number one goal is for this to be a motivator to live your life differently, live your life more biblically. Today we're going to talk about Romans 12, 1 through 2. Let me read it first and then we'll have our application. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, right off the surface, if you were to tell me, do I have the ability to assess the will of God? I'd say no. I don't think anybody does. But here Paul writes, discerning what is the will of God. And maybe this is one of the most difficult things for any Christian to do, but we're certainly called to do our best to discern it. And that's what we're going to talk about here, at least in part. The first application that I'd like to pull out from those two verses from you, not from you, sorry, from the Bible to you is present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is incredibly deep. Um, I feel like I could meditate on this part of it and a few other parts as well for years and still not have a clue. Um, A living sacrifice, even just focusing on the one word sacrifice, how on earth does the bodybuilding or powerlifting or any sort of training that I do or any of us do, how does that correlate with being a living sacrifice? That's that's humbling right there. I I don't believe that it does. So I think that's an important question that we ask ourselves. How does your training support God's will for your life? Uh, Either your current training or training that you'd like to do. Is it, are you 18 years old and is it aimed at vanity? 
Are you 30 years old and it's aimed at uh, sort of this performance output? How does your training support God's will for your life? Well, if you're running a mile each day, it could be simply having the physique or not so much the physique, but the physical ability to disciple in a third world country and get through terrain that maybe you couldn't if you didn't run that mile each day. Those sorts of things. So question that I ask you and question that I ask myself is just that. How does your training support God's will for your life? Another thing that I think of is that we need to be willing to give up our bodies for the benefit of God's will. And I think I ask this question or a similar type of question whenever I'm speaking to a heart issue. I'll use money as a quick example. If I have $100 extra that I really don't need, and I feel like God says, give it to so-and-so or give it to the church, and all of a sudden I clinch the money and I say, no, no, I need it for this. There's, there's this that I could buy or this that I could buy. Well, that's clear evidence that there is a heart issue. In fact, saying that I have an extra $100 that I don't need is a heart issue to begin with. The Bible calls us to give our first fruits, our best fruits. And so we've talked about that in previous podcasts, and I'm just using money as an analogy here, but it makes sense. So with my body, what part of my body am I willing to give up? Am I willing to sacrifice? And if there's any hesitation in that, there's probably some idolatry going on there. Uh, There's probably some idolship. I don't think idolship's a word, but I'm going to go with it. There's probably some idolatry going on there, some idolship going on there with your own physical body. How much are you really worshiping your own body as opposed to treating the body that was given to you well? And these are all questions that I ask myself and I need to ask myself. I'm in no way preaching from a point of success or a point where I know more or whatever. These are all questions that I'm asking myself even currently. The last thing that I think about with present your bodies as a living sacrifice is, again, where is our heart in all this potential idolatry? Do we have a way to identify idolatry in our lives? Because that identification is the most important first step in that. We can't begin to work at removing that idolatry until we've identified it. I use money as an example because last December it became very apparent that money was something that I idolized. And I still do. And it's something that I'm still working on and I'm learning lessons along the way. This physical being is another form of idolatry that I have. And I have had throughout my entire life is my focus in training has not been the glory of God, my focus of training has been how it makes me feel or me look or me perform. A lot of me's in there. Obviously, that's the incorrect way of thinking about it. The next part I'd like to focus on is your spiritual worship. This is really profound for me because I think of worship as singing in church. And in the last few years, I've realized that prayer is a form of worship. But I've never, even as of today, I've never thought of how I train my body or how I treat my body as a form of worship. But let's go back up to the verses. Holy and acceptable to God 
which is your spiritual worship. I'll use tattoos as an example, and I don't really sit one way or the other on tattoos. I know people do, but if you knew cognitively that getting a tattoo would keep you from heaven, why on earth would you tattoo yourself? And again, I'm not saying that that's the case. I have seven tattoos, and um, if I were to find that is the case tomorrow, I'd stop getting tattoos and do the best I can from this point forward. But holy and acceptable to God, not holy and acceptable to ourselves, holy and acceptable to God as a form of spiritual worship. Not just what verses we sing, but how we actually take care of our bodies and present our bodies. That's just mind-blowing to me to think of that as a form of worship. So the first question that I think of in relationship to this is how can we enter the gates of heaven caring more about our physique? Well, that's a silly question to ask it because we don't. We don't get into the gates of heaven if we care more about our physique than we are willing to just turn over our bodies and provide it as a living sacrifice. Is our training for appeal or the opposite sex? Talked about this a number of times today. Clearly, that's outside of where we want. We should be seeking our heavenly father more so than we're seeking the opposite sex. If God gave you a car, would you take care of it? This is a profound question that came to me when I was writing notes for this episode, and I really enjoy it, and I'm glad that it came to me. If it were me, and I was given a car by God, I would probably bubble wrap that thing. And on an infrequent basis, I would probably unbubble wrap for fear that it would be damaged, make sure everything's okay, maybe wipe it down with a diaper, wax it, who knows, make sure it's got the best oil in it, make sure it's got the best paint job, make sure it's got the best gasoline, and probably bubble wrap it again. I'd probably never let it leave my garage. Well, we have been given a car, we've been given our bodies, but do we treat our bodies the same way? No. And it reminds me of Earl Nightingale in The Strangest Secret, which I have here and obviously highly recommend. On page 44 of this uh, this particular copy, it's not going to be page 44 everywhere, but I'd like to read for you something that he says that is along this same vein and very profound. Our mind, our brain, comes as standard equipment at birth. It's free. And things that are given to us for nothing, we place little value on. Things that we pay money for, we value. But the paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that's really worthwhile in life came to us for free. Our mind, our soul, our body, our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, our intelligence, our love of family and children and friends. All these priceless possessions are free, but the things that cost us money are actually very cheap and can be replaced at any time. This body, we're only given one. You know, I used an example in the community last week on someone that asked a question pertaining to knees going out or knee replacement. The way I think about our bodies and and a bunch of different subsets of our bodies, knees, elbows, neck, whatever, is kind of like tire tread. You buy a tire from the dealership or you buy a tire from a tire store and it's rated at like 40,000 miles. And so you know that at 40,000 miles, you're going to need to get them replaced again. Well, we can't swap out our bodies. We can't swap out our knees for new knees. You can do a knee replacement, but everything you get is artificial. 
unless there's some component that's taken from a cadaver, but even that's from something else. It's really up to us with the genetics that we've been given and the blessings that we've been given through this car, through this vehicle that we own as our bodies to use it wisely so we don't use it up before our time here is done. I like to think that most of our body is built to last about 120 years. Now, whether that's completely true or not, and some areas are more, some areas are less, it would behoove us to focus on how we can elongate our joints and our heart and all these different components of this vehicle that we've been given to make it last for what we're trying to accomplish in this life. And I hope that what we're trying to accomplish is understanding the will of God and his specific plan for our lives. It's a great quote by Earl Nightingale. If you haven't read The Strangest Secret, you've, you've got to. It's, it's, I mean, I could recommend book after book uh, that is a must read. And I would probably contradict myself because the list would be so great. But even if you're not, even if you're not an avid reader, I would label this as a must read. You can literally get through it. There's audiobooks that are less than 30 minutes long on the same thing. And you can even increase your speed and get through it faster than that. Uh, I aim at 30 to 40 minutes for these podcasts um, because that's the average drive time to work. Well, here's an entire book you can get through in 30 to 40 minutes and again, even less. So really no excuses why we can't get through it. And there are gold nuggets in there throughout. The last part of scripture that I'd like to focus on today is discern what is the will of God. And I kind of led with this on how can, that, how can that be a human quality? How can we possibly do that? But here Paul is writing us a letter, writing specifically the Romans a letter that we now have telling us to, to do this. So how can we discern that will of God? I had a close friend of mine named Mark uh, just the other day uh, use the example of fasting that I think applies here. And he used the purpose of fasting to be more about putting our physical self into submission and allowing our spiritual self to be elevated. If we're focusing on the weight training that we're doing more important than our Bible reading, we're clearly out of whack. Some may even go to the extreme to say, if we're focused more on that steak that we're going to eat over what Bible we're going to read or what translation or verse or whatever, we're out of whack in that way as well. And I would agree with that. I would agree that we're out of whack there. And using food as an example may seem extreme. But I know a lot of individuals that fast and that's their mindset. They're fasting to suppress their physical need so that their spiritual need can elevate. So here we've used the, the body and body training as an example for this podcast. Maybe for me, there is a need for a weightlifting fast or a bodybuilding fast to prove to not only myself, but in submission to God, that my physical self is not as important as my spiritual self. I, I enjoy weightlifting, and I certainly hope that there is weightlifting in heaven, and that probably sounds ridiculous, um, but it's something that I enjoy, and I hope that I get to do uh, later on throughout my existence here on earth, but also in my spiritual self in all eternity with God. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is how I can be of service to our Heavenly Father. Sponsor, 
continues to be self, self-sponsored, erratphysiology.com. Mentioned the websites in a few other areas in this episode. The one that I mentioned already was community.erratphysiology.com. We also have podcast.erratphysiology.com. And those are kind of the two main veins from our www.erratphysiology.com website. And that's what we are trying to get people directed to. So if you're interested in the community, please click on that button. Please go to community.erratphysiology.com. And we'd love for you to sign up into our community. In fact, for the next few weeks, the price is different than what it will be. There will be a price increase as our foundational members program concludes. So if that's something that you're interested in at a, at a about one-tenth of the cost that it will be, um, we would love to see you there and encourage you to do that. If that's not something that you're interested in or you can't do it due to financial constraints, a podcast is something free that we offer. You're currently listening to it. We hope that you continue to listen to it. In addition to that, we would hope that you would refer other people to the podcast. We'd also hope that you would rate and review. It helps get the word out to others. We've mentioned our emails and our websites a number of times, so I won't continue to do that. Just know that we need your support to continue doing what we're doing. In addition to the benefit that I lead with, I want to conclude with a take-home message as I've been doing the last few weeks. And so first, I would recommend that however it works for you, that you identify idolatry in your life. Again, that sounds harsh, but we all have idolatry in our life. Most of it is just not observed at the current moment in time. If you asked me a year ago if I idolized money, I'd say no. The second thing is to train with a purpose. Are you training for something that fulfills you? Are you training for something that fulfills God? And be willing to adapt. Life happens, right? We know more tomorrow, hopefully, than we know today. We're all navigating this human experience in our own unique ways. We need to be willing to adapt as new information is presented to us. Again, I have seven tattoos. If I felt convicted tomorrow morning that tattoos would keep me from heaven, why on earth would I continue to get tattoos? I don't feel that way currently, but I can't predict tomorrow. If I have a conviction brought upon me through scripture that I read, through the Holy Spirit dwelling within me, I have to be willing to adapt to that. Training is just one of many examples related to that. And as we conclude here, let's conclude how we always do with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Oh,